Today on episode number 593 of the School of Podcasting, we have a cool because of my podcast story. We're going to talk about fixing podcast boo-boos, and I have a discussion with Doug Sandler. I'm not saying that you have to do it the way that I do it, but wouldn't it be great to supplement your income with your podcast instead of your podcast being a drain on your resources? Let it be an asset that is truly paying off. Hit it, ladies. The School of Podcasting with Dave Jackson. Podcasting since 2005, I am your personal podcast coach, Dave Jackson. Thanking you so much for tuning in. If you're new to the show, I help you massage your message. I help you tackle that technology. I help you face your fears. I help you flatten the learning curve and not just get you podcasting, but get you podcasting in the right direction. My website is schoolofpodcasting.com. Go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code when you sign up, and that'll save when you join. And I look forward to seeing you on the inside. As I record this, in the U.S., we have a little holiday coming up called Thanksgiving. So I just want to take a second to say I really do appreciate the fact that right now you could be watching Hulu, HBO Go, Amazon, Netflix, Sirius Satellite Radio, AM, FM, Betamax, VHS, cassette, CDs, DVDs, and you're listening to me, and I deeply appreciate it. I really, really, really do. And uh, I always like to start off the show with a segment I call Because of My Podcast. If you can answer this question, I would love to hear from you. And it's simply, is there something that happened in your life that wouldn't have happened except you have a podcast? And today we're going to listen from Bill Hutchinson. Hi, Dave. This is Bill Hutchison from BillHutchison.org. wanted to share with you a Because of My Podcast story. I work as a full-time missionary uh, with a missions organization. And one of the things that I occasionally get to do, even though I'm quite terrified to do it most of the time, is to speak in front of our church and to share about what I'm doing. Now, I feel that doing a podcast, uh, like what I've done in the past at BillHutchison.org or the Youth of the Mission News podcast at ympodcast.com and ympodcast.net. And by doing those podcasts, I feel it's given me a lot more confidence in my speaking. I remember previously uh, when I've spoken in front of churches, I've quite literally shake when I was up on stage. However, just a couple of weeks ago, I had an opportunity. I'm living in Australia now. I was back in Canada and had an opportunity to speak at our home church. And I prepared a presentation to show on the day. And part of that presentation was a video talking about money. Now, being in missions means that I'm a full-time volunteer, and we raise money from our home church and from people of the congregation. And the video was my way of not having to speak about it because speaking about money can be quite intimidating and isn't something that you know I usually feel very comfortable with. When I got to the church that morning, gave them the video and discovered or the whole PowerPoint presentation, but they were running a really old Mac for their presentation and it wouldn't play the video. So in a bit of a panic I ended up sitting in a toilet block um, a toilet stall, quickly trying to write out, well, what am I going to share instead? And I got up there and I felt like I actually shared quite well, despite joking about the fact that I was standing behind the lectern so that I could hold on really tight and not be terrified. 
about speaking in front of people, I actually felt quite confident and comfortable speaking. And I feel that one of the reasons I was able to do that was because of my experience podcasting. And I feel that that's really helped me with not just podcasting, but also with other public speaking opportunities that I've had. So that's just my, because of my podcast story, at least one of many, but the one I wanted to share with you today. So it's greatly increased my confidence in speaking. So thanks, Dave. Love the School of Podcasting. Listen to it every week. And it's the number one podcasting show that I do go to every week. Thanks, Dave. Thank you, Bill. And as I uh, record this, it's the 19th, which means you're listening to this on the 20th. And you know, I like to have these different questions. In fact, next week, we will have an episode based on your responses. So thanks to everybody who sent in their answers. We do have another question podcast kind of coming. I guess I should say question episode coming. And that is episode number 600. And I've been really kind of racking my brain. I like to do something different. I actually break format typically on those episodes. And this one, we're really going to break it wide open. And it's kind of, I, I threw this by some people, which is what I always say, find people that you think are your target audience. And uh, one person actually went, ooh, like, and I went, all right, that's that's a good indicator. So here's what we're going to do. And it's it's kind of weird for me because it's very, it's very narcissistic, but we're going to do it anyway. And that is, uh, for show 600. So just send me an email with, uh, some sort of audio attached and just put in the title episode 600. And here's what the question is. I want you to ask me anything. Yes, we're doing an AMA, but here's the thing. Ask me anything, but not about podcasting. So it'll be kind of a get to know Dave episode. So that's what we're going to do just to break uh, format. And, uh, Again, just send me an email. And this one, I guess, if you want, um, I guess I don't need it in audio format, but I always like to hear your voice. Uh, plus, it gets a chance. And as always, mention your website and your podcast, and uh, we'll see how this goes. And I mean anything. I'm going to do that too. Anything. Ask me anything, and uh, I will answer it in one way or another. So uh, it should be fun. And uh, I need those in. That's a really good question. When do I need those? He said, looking at his calendar. This makes life easy. January 1st, 2018 is when I need your ask me anything question. And then it will be January 8th will be episode number 600. Oh, well, I stirred the pot last week. I had... uh, I talked about, and we'll have Doug Sandler on here in just a second. He has a strategy that's a little maybe controversial, but I put my foot right in my mouth and uh, you were very nice to uh, point this out. So Scott Johnson from Computer Tutor Florida said, hey, Dave, you mentioned that people that are successful probably don't need a coach. And as soon as I read that in print, I'm like, yep, that's a dumb thing to say because people like Tiger Woods and I mean, my my mantra is constant improvement. So, yeah, you're right, Scott. That was a dumb thing to, <laughs> to say. And then Abby uh, let me know. This is Abby Nemec, Nemec. She said, just listening to the latest episode of the school podcasting, and I'm screaming at my phone <laughs> to tell you that you have a whole show where your guest 
is a prospective customer. Actually, too, the podcast review show is that exact thing, and so is the podcast rodeo show, sort of. Speaking of which, she says, I'm loving the podcast rodeo show. <laughs> the show that was an accident that everybody seems to love. Uh, keep up the good work. And I would say, I don't know that I've ever had someone on the School of Podcasting that I thought would be a, everybody that's been a guest on the School of Podcasting already has a podcast. Now, if they want to hire me for consulting, okay, yeah, maybe. The podcast review show, yeah, the only way you can get on that show is if you are a client. That show, that's why that show is not very consistent. That's a show I do with Eric K. Johnson. We just had a great episode, if I do say so myself, with Harry Duran of Podcast Junkies. And uh, you can check that out over Podcast Review Show. But that is one that, yeah, you're exactly, you're right. You have to be, but I still, with this point, I still didn't make Harry subscribe to my show, give me a five-star review, and, uh, you know, all that stuff. You just had to pay me to review your show. So I get her point. But I love the fact that I got feedback, so that's always fun. And uh, speaking of Doug Sandler, here is my conversation where we talk about his somewhat controversial strategy. Is it controversial? You make the call. So uh, joining me, I met him at uh, DC PodFest a couple weekends ago, Doug Sandler. You know him from, uh, well, you can find him at DougSandler.com. He's an author, a blogger, a podcaster, a speaker, co-host of the Nice Guys on Business podcast, which you can find at niceguysonbusiness.com. And uh, he also runs a podcast production company at turnkeypodcast.com. Doug, thanks for coming on the show, buddy. Dave, you know, you turned on that broadcaster's voice. I could tell exactly when you hit the record button. <laughs> That's fine. All of a sudden, I got to get in. Okay, here he is, Doug Sandler. Hey, welcome, Dave, to the very important podcast. <laughs> I saw your presentation at uh, DC PodFest, and I really did like it. There were some some key points. And to just kind of recap that, you were basically, uh, and you asked me to put my brain on backwards. And it, it probably took me a good hour after that presentation to really kind of grasp that. And your concept was, and, and not to ignore your audience, but, oh, sorry. You, but you were really focusing on the guy in the chair. So go ahead and expand on that a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And thanks for thanks for having me. And thanks for giving me the opportunity to actually like uh, just kind of not defend, but just work through this process. Because I think a lot of people, especially in your audience, Dave, are probably in that world of podcasting. And they all think, hey, how do I monetize my show? And then their brain starts to focus on advertising, sponsorship, affiliate, Patreon, you know, just different ways to, to, to make money. Right. And when we do that, we tend to focus on our audience. We're doing a, providing a call to action for our audience to take some sort of action that would be for their behavior, the audience behavior to, to trip something so that they start getting closer to you as a provider of services or in a, as an advertiser or however it is played out. And when you start to rely on other people's behavior, I mean, we did this very well for 16 months and we made exactly zero monies. <laughs> there was no money coming in wow. to our podcast. Not only was there no money coming into our podcast, but we were, I don't remember how many episodes, let's just call it 200 episodes in and we were no advertisers, no nothing. We couldn't get people to take action. It took us 16 months to build an audience of 20,000 or download count of 20,000. And then the next 16 months, and this is where the key is, the next 16 months when we started to focus on an unlikely source, which was specifically our guest, their message, the way that they presented, helping them to promote their message, our, their message on our show, 
we went from 20,000 downloads to 1.2 million downloads in the next 16 months. So I look at that and I say, holy crap, it wasn't just about not focusing on our audience and focusing on our guest more, but then we started to focus our attention on where we're going to monetize and we did the same thing and we started to focus on, instead of focusing on our audience to monetize, let's look at our guest. I mean, who's, whose behavior are we in control of when we start to when we start to sell something, we're not in control of our audience buying habits. We're in control of our selling behaviors. So I just turned the focus on instead of the audience, it was going to be my guest. Those guests became my clients. It doesn't even matter what the product or service that you're selling. You're the one building a relationship one-on-one with the guest that's sitting in the hot seat. So I, I come back and I ask my clients who are in the podcast production business that we in concept to launch. I ask them if you could make Five, ten, fifteen, twenty thousand dollars from every guest that you had on the show, not directly by char- charging them to be on the show, but by selling services to them. How many of those interviews would you like to do in a week? And the answer is always, I don't know. Let me ask you, Dave. If you make fifteen grand for every person you put in that hot seat, that guest seat next to you, how many interviews do you want to do a week? Yeah, you're going to do as many as you can. <laughs> Right. So then we start to focus on how do you get out of your own way and your own thought process of this podcast? It takes my time. It's not enough. There's not enough value in it to to warrant me doing more than one interview a week because I'm spending so much time doing my podcast production and my interviewing and everything. I can't get out to the people in the world and try to sell them. And I say, screw that. Don't go out to the world. Let your podcast be the business development tool for everything that you do. And then when that starts to happen, then you start to make a lot more money and you never have to get out of your pajamas again. And fortunately, that's where I am. And I enjoy that. Now, nothing better than waking up in your jammies and not getting out till about seven <laughs> o'clock because it's time to go to dinner. I am still in my pajamas. It is <laughs> 630 at night. I've been sitting in front of my desk since seven o'clock this morning. I mean, I got up to, to grab right. some lunch downstairs, but but yeah, pajama, pajama, pajama all day. And I'm okay with that. And if, if that's the kind of, I'm not saying that you have to do it the way that I do it, right. but wouldn't it be great to supplement your income with your podcast instead of your podcast being a drain on your resources? Let it be an asset that is truly paying off. Well, and then the one question I asked during your session, I said, well, I get the concept because you were kind of saying that you could interview, you know, somebody that for whatever reason had a business. And at the end, if you were a coach and you're doing a, a podcast, you could say at the end, you know, have you ever thought of having a coach? Or if you're interviewing somebody about their finances and you're a financial planner, you could say, have you ever thought of having a financial planner? And my question was, well, I get that part. That makes sense. But what if the guest is boring? How do you guys stop your guests from being boring? Well, the nice part about it is at, at some point during the process of you uh, filtering these guests through your show, you're going to have more guest than space. So it's all a supply and demand thing. We now have a complete pre-qualification process where we have anywhere between, I would say, on a slow week, we might have 15 requests for three available slots. On a, on a better side, we might have 30, 40, 50 requests for that th- those three available slots. I fine-tune the process through a ske- this guest management program that we've created through our Turnkey Podcast Company, and I don't have boring guests anymore because some of the process is understanding what they're all about, doing some research on what they're all about, having time, taking now that we have a team, having my teammates and my team members go through that person, check out other interviews. We don't put boring people on our show anymore. Maybe in the beginning, yeah, there was a couple of borings. And I I think it's what Strickland said. He said they can't all be winners, and we understand that. (laughs) Yeah, they can't all be. And you got to throw a shill in there every once in a while. 
<laughs> no, I'm just kidding. You, you know, you, we can't help it. Sometimes we think somebody is going to be really interesting, but it, that also matures as you get to be a better interviewer. You understand. I was just having a a um, a, a meeting through Zoom today with a client of mine through their, our turnkey business. And they kept asking me about help me ask the right questions. And in five minutes, you can ask some questions that would really turn a guest that might potentially be boring into a guest that is really a more exciting guest or maybe someone that's a little less boring. But you got to be a good interviewer, too. Partly the interview is on you as the interview sub is the interviewer to um, to draw out uh, a good guest, even from a boring one. Yeah. And I think the key to that is, listen, so many people want to get their 15 questions ready and then they just treat it like a, a job interview. They go from question one to two to three. And, uh, I, that drives me crazy when I'm waiting for like, Oh, why didn't you ask a follow-up question on that? And instead they're like, great. And they're on to question five. <laughs> right. Yeah. Don't be so caught up in what you're going to say next to forget about the conversation that you're having. I, in the beginning I was very, um, that I did that a lot because I was so nervous. I wanted to ask the questions, you know, we're, we're 400 and some odd interviews into our 500 and some odd episodes. And, um, I've got a little bit better. There's certainly still room, much, a lot of room for improvement, but you know, you, you do the best you can and you, and you don't forget to to listen to the answers that they actually give you to have a conversation. Got it. Well, the one thing when I was talking with Strickland, I don't know if he let the cat out of the bag and you're like, Oh dude, you're not supposed to say that. But he said, one of the things you do to vet your, your guests is you actually have them go over and subscribe and give you a five-star review and, and then take a screenshot. And I was like, well, that's interesting. Anytime I hear somebody ask more or less a stranger that's not their audience. Like, let's go with that. Somebody who's not their audience ask for a rating and review. I'm kind of like, eh, they kind of, to me, I kind of go, mm, not sure if that's, uh, let me throw, let yeah. me throw it back at you though. I mean, you, you didn't ask a question. Maybe I'll wait for your question. Well, before no, that's, I that's it. I was just going to, so that's my question is like, that's kind of my take on it is I'm like, mm, not sure how I feel about that. So I, I, I want to hear kind of your side yeah. of that conversation. So I guess the way that I look at it is I have a guest that wants to come on the show and they haven't listened to the show. So the first thing I'm going to say is, did you listen to the show to see if you even want to be on the show? Or are you just going to, can, how explicit is your show? Can, are you going to beat me on if I say, is this just a bunch of bull****? Yeah, there you go. That's a lovely bleep out. So that's fine. <laughs> okay, that's good. So I say to them, are, are you really going to, are you going to listen to our show? And, it, you know, the response, I don't wait for their answer. I assume that anybody that's going to come on my show is going to want to hear what we're all about because we are all conversation. We go in a million different directions. It's 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 lively. It's explicit. It's out of the zone, out of the, the normal box of, of how interview shows go. So the first thing I ask them is to review the show. If they don't review the show, why would you want to come on a, a show? If you, And I do say I want you to five star review the show. The reason I say that is, would you want to come on a three-star re reviewed show? Would you want to come on a two-star? If you're going to review us as a three-star, that's fine. Review it as a three-star and then don't come on my show. Because I do not want somebody that comes on my show that is not ready for my show. You've got to be ready for my show. And I'm not saying that in a, in a holier-than-thou feeling, but if and it's not gotcha journalism at all. But if you're going to come on my show and you're not willing to talk about your family, and your and your personal life and the things that are going on in your life that are just available through the internet. I'm not again, I'm not gotcha journalist. I'm just I just want to chat with them about the things that are important to everybody, which is how do you find balance in your life? What's the relationship like in your life that um, you know, do you have kids? How has that been for your kids to be a what you know, to be traveling three hundred and twelve days of the year? 
I want to ask those questions because I think those are really the questions that my audience wants to hear. And that is what we have found out from our audience in doing 500 and some shows, interviews, that uh, or 500 and some episodes that that they want to hear. They love it when we put ourselves in a position to feel a little bit uncomfortable with the conversation. So five-star review the, 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 um, the episode, subscribe, rate, and review. What is your plan to, to provide um, to, to, to promote this, our show socially? Because for me, that's how we went from 20,000 to 1.2 million. I mean, the proof is in the pudding. If you don't sell, tell somebody to do something, they're not going to do it. That is true. Because by then you're already kind of showing people that, look, we expect you to take action when you, you know, for lack of a better phrase, partner with this show. Yeah, because I look at it and say, if John Smith comes on my show, does my audience want to hear from John Smith? They don't even know John Smith. But you know who wants to hear those answers to those questions? John Smith is audience. So when John Smith comes on my show and I promote it to my audience, that's great. But they're already my audience. So why don't we share John Smith's story rather than those same freaking 10 questions that every interviewer asks? Let's think outside the box. And again, you'll get me going with this for sure. Let's think outside the box. Ask some questions that are going to make them feel a little bit, uh, you know, again, listen to the show. If you don't like the format of the show, you don't like what you're going to get into, don't come on the show. Review me at threes. I have not had any person that is that I've said, do me a favor, subscribe to the show, rate and review the show as five star, and then come on. No one has given me less than a five-star review because it is a five-star show because shows suck that's out there right now. I mean, it's the same questions. It's boring. It's let's, let's be, I'm not saying I'm the best out there, but I can tell you, I share with my audience the things that I think that people want to hear about our guests. Well, and I will definitely say your show is not like any other show. When I, when I hit play, and it said uh, <laughs> the roles of Strickland and Doug today are going to be played by Donnie and Marie. That to that to me was like a line in the sand. It's like this is not your mother's, you know, this is not your grandpa's business show. Yeah, or uh, played by John McCain and uh, Carrot Top. I think was today's. Yes. So, how do you guys come up with those? I don't know. Sometimes we don't have to come up with them. Our our uh, community does. We have this amazing community that will tell us exactly what they want from us, and that's what we give them. And then we have this amazing uh, voiceover guy. His name is Steve O'Brien. Who uh, who does everything that we tell him to do, and then he throws in some ad libs, so he does a bunch of stuff too. <laughs> well, what would you say to the person that says, "Well, I have interviews on my show. How come my numbers aren't going? You know, well, how come I don't have one point two million? The reason that they don't have one point two million is because they're doing it the same way everybody else is doing. They're not asking people for rating and reviews. They're not asking people what their plans for for promoting on social media. They're not engaging their audience. They're not engaging their guests. They're going out and they're do- treating this just like a radio show. They're freaking broadcasting. Narrow cast the hell out of your podcast. Get into your audience. Social media. If you're not using social media as a way to promote your show, then you're only doing ten percent of your job. I wrote a book three or four, three and a half years ago. It's called Nice Guys Finish First. I I joke about this all the time, but it's serious. I'm not even a good writer and it's a bestseller. The reason it's a bestseller is because I don't have to focus on writing. I only have to focus on marketing. Now, it does have some pretty cool information in there that would be valuable to people if they read it. But there's I haven't said anything unique or, oh my gosh, out of the box. Our show isn't so like, oh my gosh, this is the most amazing thing ever. I don't even necessarily think I have a great voice or good vocabulary. But I know how to build relationships. And you can't do that just by broadcasting. You have to engage your community. If you don't engage your community, you may as well just say, screw it. It's not going to work. Yeah. Now, 
we'll we'll, we'll throw one more devil's advocate at you here. Yeah, yeah. What, sure. what what about the person that says why couldn't you have them rate and review after they're on the show? Sure, they will. And what leverage do I have at that point? Yeah, none. Yeah, none. That's, well, that's I guess that's the point is if you're you're <laughs> at, you're asking for that when you have leverage. So are, are you kind of prying them into doing that? Did I did I ask them to apply to my show? No, I, I, and, and I don't. I don't have to go. You know, I fortunately now I'm in a position where I don't have to ask anybody to be on my show right yeah. now. We're, we're recording this. It's in we're in mid-November. We have we and again, this is not an ego stroke. This is the reality of of, of where we are. I have interviews scheduled through the end of March right now. Oh, I, I can't. Wow. I can't possibly. It, it, it I had to create two other shows. Because I don't have enough space on the nice guys. So we have the SEDX podcast mm-hmm. and the BizWiz podcast. And both of those are about to launch. And those already have, between the two of them, over 70 interviews already done. And I, I haven't even aired the first episode yet. I'm trying to figure out how to find, how to, you know, we talk about turning my, my, uh, my guests into leads. I have to, I'll have to come up with a fourth show because I don't have enough room to have all these leads. <laughs> that to me is the best problem that you could possibly ever have. Well, then you're going to have to have a clone just to keep these shows going. Holy cow. Well, this is, you know, we've created some really set, like our SEDX program. It doesn't even need a host. It's a show. It's kind of like the TEDx. All we're doing is we're introducing the guest and moving on. So you just need a production assistant with, with, uh, the, with the BizWiz podcast. It's uh, literally a, it's more of a formulaic approach it's challenging. The, the tough part about nice guys is that you need someone to, to host nice guys that has a personality. And I'm not saying that again, that, that I'm the only one that has a personality, but these other couple, these other podcasts right now, I'm trying to come up with a different format show. One's formulaic, one's a little bit more uh, monologue, this interview show. So different people will, it will appeal to different people at different times. And each one of those has a prospecting or funnel system on its own. This is a business. I'm not in this to break. I'm not in this to make friends. I'm in this to make money. And if you want to make money, this is the way to do it. Period. The end. I'm tired of waiting on advertisers, sponsors, affiliates to pay out. And I, we have a Patreon account. I think I make $125 a month. That's not enough to pay my mortgage. Right. I'm not a guy. I don't need material. I'm not looking. I'm not looking to to make a gazillion dollars from this. I'm just trying to make a fair living doing what I love doing, which is being able to be me. And the way to do that is just create this unique process, this unique system. And there are people that are going to be listening to this show that say, this guy is a crackpot. This is stupid. This is, this is, this is whatever. This is strong arming guests. You don't have to come on my show. No one has to come on my show if they don't want to. Let me ask you this though. I just, just from a point of curiosity, sure. When people came to that session, when the, when the topic of the session was size doesn't matter, how to monetize your, your podcast with any size audience, because that was the name of the session. Right. How packed was that room? That room was packed because I got there just in time to get a seat and you had a whole extra row at the back of the room, plus right. people on the side. And um, I said, and I don't know if you remember what I said. I said, if you're not here to make yeah. money from your podcast, could you do me a favor and leave? <laughs> yeah. I, you know, because my feeling is everybody wants to make money from their show. Why are we all afraid of that money word? Let's figure out how to do it. We've got a system. I'm not saying you have to buy it for me, but do it. it. Don't buy it. I just have a system that I know works. That's what people are plugging into when they pay me. But if you don't use me, do this system or do a, a system alike. It will work for you too. I promise you. 
Now, how did you end up picking Strickland as your co-host? Strick and I actually, he is in a wedding band as a lead guitar player and I was a DJ uh, and we were both represented by the same agent, Washington Talent. And we've been buddies for 20 years. We've taken many trips together. He's a guy that I knew back and forth. And I said to him, you know, I can remember that fateful day. I said to him, Strick, you want to you want to uh, help me start a podcast? He goes, yeah, I would love it. I just have one question. I said, what? He said, what's a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we uh, we just started and we we had no idea. We go back and we posted some of our our um, our classic rewind episodes of one and two and three. And oh, my gosh, we sucked. We really we did. We were so in, out of our league and, and sh- just throwing all this stuff up that just was not we were thinking we were giving people tools and tips and business advice and we were just hearing ourselves talk so it was uh it was a long run for 16 months and then we just finally said let's just be ourselves and that's what we did and that's when the show started to really really take off that's it it always seems to come back to be yourself know your audience give them what they want and it just seems to flow and grow which is what it's doing for you guys which is awesome it's been uh, it's been a good it's been a good run and we are just at the beginning. I mean, we see so much opportunity for for so many people uh, along with us. We've got this amazing team that is now a part our team, our entire production crew and and our uh, um, you know anybody that's in sales that works with us. They all came from our audience. You know, they came from our fan base, our Funkin' fans we call them. And uh, they start everybody that started with us started with us free, and they just wanted to give us services. And that's when you have a podcast that is like that, when you connect with your audience and you start to engage your audience, they, uh, they will return the favor and do, they want to do stuff for you. They want to help you build your business. And that was very cool. Nice. It's that whole law of reciprocity. Anything that really, if somebody says like, what's one of the coolest things that's happened because of your podcast, anything that pops out of your head? Well, I've met people that I would never have been able to have on my show. You know, uh, Ariana Huffington, Gary Vaynerchuk, Pat Flynn, uh, um, uh, Noah Kagan, uh, John Lee Dumas. I mean, people that would never have uh, have had a conversation with me outside of of the idea of interviewing them have become clients, and some of them, many of them, have actually become friends. And it has been a uh, it's been a, a great, great learning process. So I would say that has been a huge surprise for me is just the amount of network building that you're going to do and the connections that you're going to make through your podcast. Even if you don't do the process that I'm talking about, this guest management thing, the way that I do it, you're going to build your network. You cannot ignore potential success coming in your way because that's who you want on your show if you have an interview based show is successful people that have done stuff that that you would like to be able to do or you would like to be able to share with your audience awesome well everybody you can find the podcast over at niceguysonbusiness.com you can find all things Doug at dougsandler.com if you want to check out his podcast production company you can find that at turnkeypodcast.com Doug thanks for coming on the show Dave, man, thank you so much. I'm I'm loving your school. Keep it up and uh, keep rocking, man. I got to tell you, that was a fun conversation simply because I had to ask a couple uncomfortable questions. And and Doug knew when I asked him to come on that we were going to talk about that. And, uh, you know, I, I agree with a couple things. And that is if one of the goals of your podcast is to establish relationships with people, people will talk to you because you have a podcast. And if you're not using your podcast to open doors to people that you want to talk to, you're really missing the boat. That I 100% agree with. Now, am I going to be 
having people, am I going to be strongly suggesting to people that they uh, subscribe to my show, uh, download an episode, give me a five-star review before I even consider them being a guest on my show? Uh, No, that's not going to be my strategy. And I'm just going to leave it at that. I mean, let's face it. Some people sell drugs for a living. Some people work at Target. Some people work at banks. Some people rob banks. I'm not here to judge anybody on how you make your money, and I'm not here to judge anybody on how you make your podcast. I'm here to present, hey, here's somebody doing something different, and then you decide if you can do, if if you think that particular strategy fits your style. Abby brought up the podcast review show, and it made me think because we kind of say at the end of the show, if you want to be on the show, go out and sign up to be reviewed. But I need to make sure that my audience is 100% in the know that people that are on the podcast review show paid to be there. They're paying for the service for me to review their show along with Eric K. Johnson, the podcast talent coach. And that's something you have to be careful with is if you're being paid to have somebody on your show, the FTC can step in and get really weird about that. And, you know, in their case, they're not paying anything. They are, they're in a way paying them by subscribing because by having more subscribers, it boosts your rankings in the iTunes charts and the Apple podcast charts. So is that a payment? No, not really. So I don't think they're in any kind of FTC issue, but it is kind of a scratch my back kind of situation. And that again, in the end is up to you, but it it did make me think that maybe I need to make that more obvious on the podcast review show. I know on the podcast rodeo show, I always announce this person is here because they gave me five bucks to give me, you know, to share my first impression of their show. So anytime somebody pays me to be on the show, I always announce that at the front of the show and I do not show any favoritism. I give the same opinion. If your show is not great and needs some work, if you pay me five bucks, I am still going to tell you that your show is not great and it needs some work. And if it's great, I will say I really like that show. But you have to be careful. That's the only thing that as I kind of even just putting this out as a way to say, here's a strategy. I could see this being a slippery slope leading to people being paid to be on people's shows. And you have to be very careful with the FTC. Uh, I know Daniel J. Lewis and I both have reviewed gear that companies have sent to us. And in many cases, we don't get to keep that. But if we do, we have to disclose that legally. We have to say, I did not pay for this. It was sent to me by the company. So when you're being paid by a guest, when you're getting paid for, you know, if you're getting gear for free that you get to keep, you need to disclose all that because in the end, Every single podcaster starts with two things, zero downloads and integrity. And the question is later, if you make it to, you know, a bazillion different downloads, can you make it there with your integrity? So you have to be careful with that. I'm hitting the road again. That's right. Here I thought I was home for the rest of the year, but nope, in December, December 9th and 10th, I will be in Seattle. I've never been to Seattle before. Out there in Rob Greenlee country at PodCon, just going to the event. I'm not speaking anything like that. I'm basically going out to uh, check it out. So if you're going to be in the Seattle area, I will uh, be getting in late December 8th. 
If you're at PodCon, definitely stop by and say hi. And, uh, of course, then in February, I will be down in Florida at PodFest.us. I'll be speaking there. And then I'll be making my first appearance at, and I'm really excited about this one, Social Media Marketing World. That is February 28th through March 2nd in San Diego, California. I look forward to seeing everyone there. There is nothing worse than waking up to an inbox full of emails from listeners letting you know that there's a big old mistake in your last episode. This could be silence. It could be an edit point where all of a sudden in the show you hear somebody go, um, hey, Bob, uh, cut that out. And then there's like more silence. And then they start over. Whatever it is, you we've heard these because we've all done this. And in your case, you're going to panic. Oh, no, what do I do? Well, here's what you do. Number one, for the most part, do not create a new episode, and I'll explain why. Now, if you're using Libsyn.com, you simply go to your Libsyn dashboard, go to content, go to previously published, and edit the episode, and you'll see a big red button in there that says replace. And you basically, you know, obviously you go in, you fix your audio, and you click on the replace button and you upload it. And I strongly suggest you use the, uh, of your file should have the exact same file name as the one with the boo boo. So you're replacing, you know, file one.mp3 with a file called file one.mp3. This way you don't have to wait for the episode to kind of propagate across the internet. Also, when you look at your stats, you won't see that you had 17 people download the first one and then, you know, the rest of your audience download the second version. So use the same. You don't have to, but I suggest you do. It just makes life a whole lot easier. And what if I'm not using Libsyn? If you're using Blueberry, just go into PowerPress and uh, you upload. Now, let's say I'm using, again, Blueberry as a media host, which means you're using PowerPress for the most part, for most people, you just upload the file again and it will replace the old file. Again, you want to use the exact same file name. It just makes things go a whole lot easier. Now, who gets that file? So let's say I upload, we'll just call it the wrong version. It's up there. People are downloading it. Let's say 10 people download it. Okay, so it's in my Overcast. It's in my Pocket Cast. It's in my Apple Podcast app. And it's downloaded it. And that app doesn't know that that version is wrong. It just know it downloaded and it's on your thing and you're ready to listen to it. And when you put up a new version of that, the app looks at that file and goes, well, I've already got that. So I don't need to download it again. So only the people, only new downloads. So let's say from eight o'clock in the morning to nine o'clock, the wrong version was there. And then somebody fires up their phone, it goes out and it updates their app and says, oh, there's a new file from you. And it downloads the episode. Well, everybody from nine o'clock on is going to get the new version. But what if I want everyone to get the new version? Because this mistake is really, really bad. Okay, well, if you want to, the only way that you can have all the people who previously downloaded it. So let's say in this example, it's 10. Now, keep in mind the people that downloaded it first are probably your subscribers. And there's a really good chance it's more than 10. 
But the only way to have all of your audience get the new version is, again, to create a completely new episode and then delete the old one. But keep in mind, this might annoy your subscribers because, again, they're typically the people that got the first episode because it's automated. They're subscribed and overnight their phone updated and, hey, here's your new downloads. So they may have already listened to it. In fact, they were probably the ones that emailed you to say, hey, did you know you have 20 seconds of silence and then your outro music at the end? So they've already listened to it and they deleted the episode. And then all of a sudden, here it is again. And they're like, what's up? I thought I already deleted this episode. So you might have people a little frustrated that you've put this out again. So what's the best solution? Well, here's the best solution. You ready? The best solution is always, and I mean always, listen to, and I mean the entire podcast before you upload it to your media host. When I don't, whatever that guy's name is, Murphy, Murphy's Law comes into full play, and that's when I wake up to an inbox of people going, did you know that you have, you know, that cough thing in the middle that you said, hey, you know, Bill, take this out? It's still there. Yeah, when I don't listen to my episode is when I go, oh, I forgot to listen to my episode. So in other words, the best way to fix a mistake is to not make it in the first place. And also keep in mind, websites that like uh, Google Play Music is an example where they actually take your file and make a copy of it. I believe Spotify, if you're lucky enough to be in there will also make a copy of your file. And you kind of have to ask them manually to, hey, can you go refresh my feed and get a new copy of that? Which is not, it's not hard. It's just going to take a while for them because you're just not their top priority. So again, the best way to fix a mistake is don't make it in the first place. And keep this in mind that we're all human. It's going to happen. It probably is. For me, what happens when I do it? And I was on a roll earlier this year. I just replaced the old version. And if somebody tells me, hey, Dave, did you know that the school of podcasting ended and then you had like 20 seconds of silence and then the music came on again? I just tell them, first of all, I always apologize. Hey, I'm sorry that, uh, you know, I did that. It's kind of unprofessional, blah, blah, blah. And here's the thing. I've never had somebody go, yeah, never let it happen again, buddy. They just go, no, that's cool. I just thought you'd want to know. And, uh, And I explain to them they have a collector's edition. And if they want me to sign that later, I will, which it's kind of hard to sign an MP3 file, but um, it's, it's one of those things. But that's, I just want you to know that's your two options. And if you're using uh, Podbean, you can edit the episode and it looks like there's an upload button. Spreaker has a replace button. They're all really easy uh, to do. The knee jerk reaction is, oh, I need to create a new episode. And I'm just, I'm here to let you know that may not be a good solution because everybody's going to get, yes, the good news is everybody's going to get that episode. The bad news is your subscribers probably already did and might be a little annoyed that they're getting it again. Again, I want to just reiterate that as next week is Thanksgiving here in the U S And I do want to thank you for listening to the show. How can I help you? There are a couple different ways. If you'd like to start a podcast, I would love to work with you. I really, really would. If you want to kind of work at your own pace, 
You can go over to schoolofpodcasting.com slash start. Use the coupon code listener. That's L-I-S-T-E-N-E-R. Jump on in. You have all of my tutorials that will walk you through the entire podcast process, along with my live coaching that we do twice a month. Had really good meetings this month. Man, it was good. Plus our Facebook group and priority email support. Now, if you're in a hurry, you can schedule one-on-one consulting with me. Just go to schoolofpodcasting.com slash schedule. And what if you want the best of both of those? Well, I've got a new course coming out in January. Podcasting in six weeks. Go to podcastinginsixweeks.com. It's live coaching every Saturday for six weeks. Plus, you get access to a year's uh, subscription to the School of Podcasting. So you'll have more group coaching, plus the Facebook group, plus priority email support. If you're interested in that, it's going to be a very small class on purpose because I really want to give personalized attention in that. And if you're interested in that, uh, hurry, because like I say, class size is small, podcastinginsixweeks.com. Thanks again for listening. Next week, we will be doing the episode about what are you going to be doing differently in 2018. Also coming in the future, I have an interview with a musician who had been on a record label over the years, been dropped, you know how that goes, indie labels and things like that. And he was able to rally his audience back to the band via what? You guessed it, a podcast. And of course, anything else you would like to talk about. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the holidays as we move forward. Stay safe. Depending on where you're at, stay warm because I got some white stuff falling out outside of my window. Take care. And until next week, class is dismissed. Today on episode number 593 of the School of Podcasting, we have a cool because of my podcast story. I'm going to talk. <laughs> yeah, okay, there's a blooper. To kind of recap your presentation, I talked a little bit about this, and I'm going to cough, and we'll just call that editor point one. <clears throat> See, I went into radio guy voice, and it killed me. Yeah, it's all right. <laughs>